Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We made this. Welcome everyone to the latest We Made Treks roundtable podcast on the We Made This Podcast Network. You might be listening on Make It So, a Star Trek Picard podcast. We are Starfleet, a Star Trek Discovery, for now, podcast. Or Ready Going, a Star Trek animated podcast. Wherever you've come from, whatever corner of the Alpha or Delta or Beta Quadrant you are, welcome. I'm Tony Black and I'm joined by uh, two seasoned captains in the uh, the USS WMT, we made this. Uh, Craig McKenzie and Ashley Thomas. How are you guys? Oh, hey. do, doing good, doing good. Ready to talk more Trek because I don't uh, spend enough time doing that. Uh, <laughs> girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are like Trek experts for me. Like you, you write about Trek on a weekly basis, basically. You for Neil before blog your. Uh, site Craig and you for fangirlish Ashley don't you so how, you you guys must be loving this this new era with all this Trek to write about yeah I mean I'm, I'm it's definitely uh keeping me employed so I'm happy about that <laughs> yeah it's keeping me busy I, I think my overall reaction is mixed in terms of the, the quality of what I'm being subject to and i wouldn't mind a break now and again this 52 weeks of trek every year thing isn't going to sit right with me if they keep doing it i'm not going to be mad about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna leave the episode by episode to you crazy kids because you're doing a great job anyway i'm just gonna do like a season review because i'm lazy basically (laughs) so that's all i'm gonna do i I think season Um, reviews are worse because i always find that it's like i've got through everything into this and the mix at the end of it it means you forget stuff or that I forget stuff and there's things that I don't get to cover or whatever. So yeah, the, the season roundups, they're always more challenging for yeah. me because I like to dig right in. I can't, well, I could, but it would mm. be like 20,000 words long and I just don't, <laughs> I don't have that kind of motivation to, to, to churn out something like that. I just forget half the things. That's the problem with the season review. By the end, I'm just like, oh yeah, what was that episode? Oh, I didn't mention that. Oops. Uh, so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. But um, yeah, we're here anyway to talk about... We did a couple of these before. We did one for last First Contact Day where there were some uh, reveals that came out. We did one towards the autumn. There were different hosts. Uh, I think it might have been Kurt North last time he was hosting the last couple. But it's been First Contact Day recently and always now, as a lovely little thing they do on April the 5th, uh, is they try and drop some new Star Trek juicy new stuff. So uh, in this case, we've had 
a few morsels to chew on. So we're going to be talking in this episode about the brand new trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which drops in basically almost to the day, a month's time. And I think we're all really excited about after a long gestation period. We're going to talk about the Star Trek Resurgence video game, which has just dropped some new information. We're going to talk about the Star Trek motion picture 4K restoration, which um, I think has got a lot of people uh, excited. Well, maybe anyone under 20 won't care, but like everyone else. Um, But, (laughs) and then we're going to talk about probably the juiciest news. What the hell is going on with Star Trek Picard season three, this final season? So let's start with one of the big ones. Star Trek Strange New Worlds and a new trailer came out which gives us lots of lots of action lots of characters lots of little glimpses into this show so guys what did you what did you think about this trailer overall that came out lots of things to look forward to for me Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it right now I um, am all about ladies with short hair who sword fight um because uh brienne of tarth is my favorite character in all of fiction i like that uh we're getting uh, another lady kind of like that in uh, uh strange new worlds so uh that would be lieutenant erica ortegas i believe is her name yes um lieutenant commander erica ortegas is played by um uh melissa navia i believe is her name yeah i think she's a new a newcomer is yes, new character, yeah. um, new new to Trek. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm excited to to see who she is. And uh, I I did a little reading because I was so like, oh wait, there's a girl who's sword fighting. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Um, so <laughs> I, I I was pretty ex- interested in the, in that. So I went and read a little bit about her this week, and I'm like, okay, she and I can hang. I I, I think I think we would get along. <laughs> So, yeah. Erica, if you're, or excuse me, Melissa, if you're listening, um, we'll uh, we'll have coffee or something. That'd be fun. <laughs> she will be coffee listening. Actually, come on, yeah. of course she will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, coffee and swords. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Craig, what did you think? So we've had two trailers. We've actually had more than two because we had those every day for a week or so. Those character specific TV spots, but it's quite interesting how mm. my reaction to the first and second trailer differed because the first trailer, I had concerns because it starts with Pike is in seclusion because he's upset that he's going to die soon or end up in a chair where he can only communicate with beeps. So has to be brought back into the fold. (laughs) (laughs) So remember how in The Next Generation, every episode started with Picard uh, being approached by an admiral who said, come on, one more mission. Every episode they did that, didn't they? That's the the norm now, but... (laughs) <laughs> um, once it got into the yeah he's on the enterprise here's the crew here's some weird storms and stuff here's stuff they're doing i was i was well on board and then the second trailer if that had been the first trailer i'd have been like yeah this is flawless i'm so excited about this because it was suggesting a here's a trek that's going to hit the ground running it's going to give you that old school exploration based storytelling there's going to be diplomatic disputes there's going to be character stuff there's going to be sword fights as you say there's going to be weird pawn far stuff Perhaps, whether it's a dream sequence or not, we don't know. There's going to be loads of stuff. It's going to be probably the... It looks like it's the most kind of high-octane and exciting Trek we've had since it came back, actually. It seems like they're just firing on all cylinders based on that second trailer. It does look like that, doesn't it? I mean, the the beauty of this, in theory, is that they can kind of hit the ground running, I think, because 
they've kind of got the... It's very easy setup to explain. It's not like something like Prodigy, where you've got to really do a couple of episodes of setting up the idea, or, or even Picard, where you've got, to, you've got to build that world around a guy we know. This is this is Star Trek. Easy to understand Star Trek. It's the Enterprise. It's a crew. It's a captain. It's a ship. It's missions. It's a you know boldly go. It can just get into it, and you, I can't. You kind of get the sense it will. Like maybe there'll be that you know the scene at the beginning or the first episode might be trying to drag Pike back to it. You know, and you know get rid of the. Is he? Is he got a beard in that in that scene? He does. Where he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because he's sad. He's got the the the, the beard of sadness. They yeah. always do, don't they? He it's should a, keep the beard of sadness. It was a good look. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. Yeah, he wears a beard of sadness well. It's and a bit incongruous as well because you have him sort of looking all upset in his snowy wasteland with, with his horse. And then in the second trailer, it's like, I love this job. Like, okay, that's a bit <laughs> reverse. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, so we don't know what the progression is. But it seems like it's giving us two different things here. Maybe you just had a really good mission. Maybe. Know? It's like we have a really good day at work. You're like the day after, the day before, you're like, I hate this job. And then you have a really good day. And it's like, it's not too bad. You know, I like it. Maybe the first episode will be that, though, trying to drag Pike back to. And then once he's back, he's back and there's a mission and, you know, he's fine and it's all off. I hope so. I don't want laboured, season long, you know, let's spend half a season looking for Spock kind of. Oh, I just want them to get on with it, get into the missions. Dare we hope that this is a bit more episodic, this one? Well, they keep saying it's that it's supposed to be. Do you think it looks that way from the trailer? Do, is, is it hard to tell? Is it hard to tell really at this stage? There's lots of different things going I, on, I isn't there? So I don't know if they're related. Yeah, it just kind of looks like here's some stuff that we'll be doing, and they don't seem to be connected. But then mm. they're only snippets, so you don't know really. Yeah, that was that was the impression I got as well. Like you know, here here's one shot where we're on a planet. Uh, here's Pike landing in the middle of what looked to be um, uh, tense negotiations. Um, yeah. you know, they, there's lots of different scenarios um, that uh, showed up in the trailer. So it, and it is my understanding that this is going to be a return to the more uh, episodic format. So um, we'll see. Uh, there might be some measure of thread throughout these stories, uh, but I, I think we're uh, definitely going to go see lots of, uh, I mean, strange new worlds. There we go. Yeah, they say that the characters uh, uh, will think... remember what happened, whereas the missions will differ episode to episode. So there'll be some kind of character arcs because they're on the same ship, but the actual yeah. story content will be different, I guess. That's cool. That, and that that in itself is a bit of a difference from some of the modern shows we've had. So I think if they can get that balance right, I don't think anyone will be really disappointed it, you know, nobody nobody expects it to go back to literally you reboot each week and they don't have any continuity and they don't remember it. You know, there's not, obviously there's going to be developing relationships, but it'd be really nice if we had independent episodes where there's a there's a character link throughout, there's a few plots going on, but each week is its own chunky thing. I think that'd be wonderful, really. And that'd be, nowadays, it'd be a little bit different from what we often get. Yeah, a beginning, um, middle and an end on each episode. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. That would be really nice. But uh, yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun. I think, I, I wonder if they're amping the action up a little bit for the trailer and maybe there will be a bit more of a balance of intrigue and negotiation and diplomacy in this. Maybe, you know, maybe there will, maybe there'll be a bit more science in there than they're, than they're trying to sell Because they're obviously trying to sell it as this exciting new, you know, it, it looked quite Abramsy, And mm. I, I think that's obviously part of the, the goal, isn't it, to you know get the hook, hook them in? I guess. 
yeah, there's some space battles and stuff in there, which is something we haven't had a lot of, actually. In Discovery, they almost never fire phasers at anything. So not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but it would be good to be, see a bit more swashbuckling because that's what I liked about Trek before, and it feels like we haven't really had that since it came back, except from in things like Prodigy, which is a bit more you know, seat-of-your-pants type action. But in the live-action Trek, it's been mostly you know, very particularly set up, whereas this is, yeah, it looks a bit more like, yeah, we're out there, we're on the frontier, we're having a bit of fun, we're looking at different things, we're charting space, as the, the trailer says, that kind of stuff. Spot looks like he's he's getting it on with someone as well in this. Uh, yeah, sexy To bring, I think it is, is supposed to be his um, betrothed from the original series, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Is that the character who was in uh, Amok Time? Yeah, the although one. they hadn't met before Amok Time, as far as I'm aware, as far as I remember. Oh. But I don't know. Mm. Might not be her. Might what, be someone mod- else. I was going to say, modern Trek playing with canon? No, <laughs> I refuse to believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I did laugh at, there was a tweet I did really laugh at, where it, somebody said, <laughs> I think they put in capitals, why are they obsessed with making Spock a fuck machine <laughs> in these shows? I'm sorry, <laughs> do you not know your Star Trek history? Like, the... <laughs> um, yeah. The whole, uh, I mean, the with season three of original series, there was this whole big yeah. campaign with uh, We Grok Spock, you know, yeah. so uh, everybody always has thought Spock is very sexy. So now you're just actually getting to see him be sexy on TV. <laughs> it's a natural progression. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. This, this, is, so, this is canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, though, let and this... I don't know if we saw these characters. You might, you guys might know, but I don't know if we saw these characters in the trailer. There's obviously two, well, one of them anyway, we might have seen in the trailer. There's two casting and two characters that have caused a bit of a stir in the past few months, isn't there? The first one being Lan Noonien Singh, played by Christina Chong, who is one of the crew members, I think. And I think he's a, a, a relative of Khan or a descendant of Khan. And what do you guys think of that? I mean, I think a lot of people groaned and went, oh, you really? Really? Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I think she looks interesting. Again, I, I'm very much like, I'm I'm not going to get grumpy about something before I've seen it. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm here for it. Let's uh, let's see how uh, how she turns out. I was a little bit, ooh, really? But it, it like you say, I mean, you it, it, we'll see what it's like. We'll see what the characters like. They might have come up with a really interesting way of doing this. With because obviously you know Khan is in the, the the history books I guess of Star Trek and we'll see we'll see uh, let's hope so let's hope it's let's hope it's fun let's hope it's not too on the nose you know because obviously <laughs> Khan hasn't been thawed out at this point has he so he's still he's still in his Botany Bay traveling through space so it, we'll see we'll see yeah. I hope I hope they they make it work let's put it that way well they've 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 also hinted at like that she has kind of a mysterious past that even she is unaware of so I don't know we'll we'll see what do you think Craig? I wonder if it'll be one of those things where maybe only Pike finds out about it so that Spock doesn't and that maintains the canon explanation of him not really knowing who can was when they encounter him. Could be. Could I be. doubt it because I don't it's think a- they would leave it off the table in that way, but it seems like a strange one to do, but we don't know anything about what that connection is. So who knows? Well, maybe she'll maybe she'll be working for Section 31, turn into some sort of evil villain, and they'll all have to go to the 32nd century to escape her. 
maybe <laughs> you know so we'll have two seasons season of the enterprise three. in the 32nd century <laughs> and then they come back at some point yeah they're all going to end up in the 32nd century. that's what the ultimate goal is picard's going to end up there they're all just going to end up there and have a big like avengers style reunion show maybe um, i keep expecting them to reveal heard- that picard's still alive in discovery i keep expecting that to come up I, I they should they should just do it i think you know why not he got mentioned didn't he Recently, was it in the last series? Yeah, yeah, you get, he did get mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like obliquely, yeah. it was so, like, yeah, yeah the, some other guy got a android body. His name was Picard or something like that. I don't know, just <laughs> some guy. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit like that. Yeah. To but, be fair, they'd not been in the thirty-second century mm-hmm. that long. Uh, hadn't met Picard yet. Still got some history to brushing up on. Yeah, and when yeah, I interviewed exactly, the yeah, writer. Exactly. Carlos Cisco, he talked about how in the writer's room they're always aware of these people's heroes aren't Picard or Cisco or whoever because they don't know who they are. Be people like Archer and whatever. If Archer's your hero, you've got problems. But, you know, that's who they look up to because that's their era. Sure. I quite like that throwaway reference. I thought that was quite quite well done, actually. It was was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the other... I mean, this is season two of Strange New Worlds, which we know is being commissioned and is being filmed and everything like that. So obviously... we know that James T. Kirk is going to be in the show because it's been revealed that um, Paul Wesley is playing the role next season. This has really polarised people, hasn't it, really? I mean, I think there's a lot of people questioning canon. There's a lot of people going, oh, is he a captain? He's, he can't be a captain yet, surely. I mean, who knows? I mean, what do you what do you guys think? I, I, get, I, I worry the older I get, the more I'm becoming one of those canon aggressive nerd people who just wants everything to tie up together but i don't know what what do you guys think of this well there's absolutely nothing in canon to support or contradict what people are saying because i remember i dug out the script for the menagerie when it was announced and it was it's literally a couple of lines where it's i met i met kirk once when I, i met pike once when i took the enterprise from him and that's all that's ever said remember they didn't even confirm that the 23rd century was when the original series was set until the Wrath of Khan. That was the first time they put a date stamp on anything. So people are just extrapolating from a lot of non-canon sources that they've accepted as canon over the years because there was nothing else. Because these background details weren't fleshed out. They were building it as they were going, and that's fine. There might be some on-screen text in a bio file or something like that. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That tells you a bit more about Kirk's service history, but again, those were written at times that HD screen grabs weren't projected to be a thing, so they just put any old crap in them. You know, the contradictory information or just, you know, shopping lists or whatever. They just put any old crap in those bios just because they had to write something. As long as there's a wall of text on screen, that'll do, you know. So, yeah, so I think I don't think there's any canon to contradict, really. We don't know anything about Kirk in canon between, well, before what, before he took over the Enterprise, other than he met Carol Marcus at some point and made friends with Gary yeah. Mitchell when he was at the Academy. That's it. And we knew that he was very studious at the Academy, but that's it. That's all we know. And that he was on a ship called... He was on the Farragut, where his captain was killed by a weird cloud monster thing. But we don't know much else. Something I observed in the uh, the, the one image that we have is uh, Kirk has three bars on his uh, wrists, uh, which denotes captain. So... Um, while they've not specified, those bars are telling a different story. So, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I like Kirk. Kirk's fine. We know Kirk. I want to get to know these other people. We know Kirk's story. We have original series. We have a bunch of movies. We have a whole other timeline of movies with Kirk. I want to get to know these other characters instead of Kirk. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think I think it'd be interesting to see how differently it's done than the Abrams movie stuff with younger Kirk and and Pike, even though they're, they're they're different kinds of ages and in different places, obviously in a way, and it's obviously a different timeline. But it'll be interesting to see if it's a different kind of relationship, uh, because I think it, they're in danger of treading over ground that that film sort of did. I think, and I think they've got they've got to, they've got to frame it in a different way, and whether it, it's whether or not it'll be much more about Kirk and Spark and meeting those two coming together and and that origin story, if you like which I don't feel I need to have seen. But if they do it well, and it's true to the characters, then fine, fine. But I, I'd, I'd be quite happy if he's just if he's not in all of it and he rocks up here and there. And it, and maybe it's, it's a... I don't know if you guys know if he's in the whole thing or he's a main character, but I'd be quite happy if he was just a guest, really. And, he, and, and, and like you say, actually, if the focus is on... These are the these newer characters, you know, the Mbengas and the Ortegas and all these guys who are who are coming in. So, well, Mbenga we was you know. actually in the original series. He was only yeah. in a couple episodes. Sure, so. but um, as in but, a character that we don't really know that well, right? You know, yeah, who's like relatively... I said, only in two episodes, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't know yeah. him real well at all. So that's going to be yeah. cool to get to. Know yeah, him. I, f- I feel like this Kirk has to almost be the opposite of Chris Pine because, again, what little you do get, you you get the impression that Kirk was very career-driven. When he was at the Academy, he spent a lot of time studying. He really had his eye on the captain's chair and wanted to get there as quickly as possible. And he did through hard work and being impressive. So that's the Kirk I want to see, not the you know, the reckless stumbles into command Chris Pine type 
that um, that the Abrams movies give us. I agree. I agree. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. But obviously, that's season. That's for probably at least twenty. I'm guessing that's going to come out in 2023, season two of, of of Strange New Worlds. So that'll be that'll be for then. But good trailer though. Yeah, I think overall, I think I think it's built up. It, they're, they're, I think I feel like they're doing a good job of promoting this show. Actually, it feels like they're getting it out there. They're doing like those TV spots, like you said. There's plenty of promotional material. There's some good solid trailers that are giving you an idea of what it is. I think there's quite a few people going to show up for this. If uh, this might well be one of the best rated modern shows yet in in many ways because I think people will understand what it is and and be accessible. It's definitely going to be more familiar than uh you know Discovery was, you know, Discovery was doing something different. Picard is different in that it's a a, a sequel and you know you're not out adventuring in space all the time. You know, Lower Decks is uh, is different again. You know, you've got you know comedy, which I mean, Trick has always had comedy, but you know, it's it's still none of these um, feel like an original series or a next gen or uh, even like DS Nine or Voyager. So um, I think this is going to be a, a return to a little more familiar uh, storytelling, and I think I think that's going to be a little more accessible for. Uh, long-time Trek fans and new ones as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's coming on May the 5th, so I can't wait to beam up for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and we're doing the first episode, the three of us, aren't we, on um, We Are Starfleet. Yeah, and then we're going to kind of rotate host, I think, and, and we're going to sort of take over We Are Starfleet and, and, and talk about that with some guests and things. So that's going to be great, I think. I think we're going to have a real whale of a time on that first episode. Um and if it's not titled The Beard of Sadness, I'm kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. So let's talk then uh, next about uh, Star Trek Resurgence, which is a game, a video game that's coming out on uh, PC, uh, PlayStation, Xbox later in 2022. And this is from the uh, the makers behind Telltale Games, who made a lot of uh, narrative-driven games in the past. And they've just dropped uh, a brand new trailer and some spots and some further detail about about this game. I, I mean, I think it'd be worth. I thought it'd be worth talking about because it, it's set in the twenty fourth century. It's set. I think it's twenty three eighty. So I think that's just. Is that just after? That's just after Nemesis, right? Something like that. Yeah. Not long after Voyager came uh, home. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Maybe just before Lower Decks. Around about Prodigy time, I think. Yeah, I think Prodigy's around 2380. I'm not sure. I just just went to the Star Trek Resurgence website, and it says it's set in 2380 in the era immediately following the Star Trek The Next Generation feature film. So, yes, just post There we go. Prodigy's 2383, so it's just before then. And it's obviously before the, uh, the supernova, because this has an older Spock, speaking of Spock, but we'll come to that in a minute. This is a, a, a game that seems to be focusing quite heavily on narrative-driven storytelling, not necessarily RPG as such, but more along the lines of Telltale's classic adventure games. In fact, the guy, I think um, I think his name's Kevin Bruner, who is behind the game, partly behind the game, came up from the old like Lucasfilm adventure game stuff, like Grim Fandango back in the like the late 90s. So these some of the people behind this have a real embedded knowledge and skill when it comes to adventure-based storytelling and even though there is going to be some action in this i think it's going to be points of it might be a little bit like 
Elite Force and some of those games. I think a lot of it's going to be quite cerebral, quite characters interacting with each other, different pathways depending on the the answers that are given. And I mean, firstly, what do you guys think of this? But also, have we had a game quite like this yet for Star Trek in this way? Over the years of Star Trek games? I, I am a uh, Star Trek game novice, so I'm going to leave that to the experts. But uh, one thing that did catch my attention about this is um, looking on the website, and it says that it is a single-player experience without microtransactions, DLC, NFTs, or other additional monetization models. It is not episodic, so basically once the game is released, that's what you're getting. It's like... This might be a game I'm actually interested in playing because, I mean, to be perfectly frank, I don't play a lot of modern uh, video games just because I, I feel like I can't ever, like, totally finish one. And that bothers me because I have completionist tendencies. <laughs> um, so something like that. Yeah, that's that's catching my interest. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty curious about it now. Yeah, so the, it is in the Telltale model. I've played The Walking Dead one or one of The Walking Dead ones, and I really enjoyed it. So the... Levels of gameplay is actually quite limited. The action is relegated to essentially quick time events. Mostly you can walk around and examine stuff and whatever, but if you get attacked by something, it's like, here's your choices. Press X to, I don't know, dodge or whatever. And then uh, that happens. I don't know if they'll do it slightly differently in this case, but certainly in the um, the, the clips they've shown, they focus more on conversations. So it's the idea you choose your responses to things, and that affects how the relationships evolve. Apparently the actual narrative doesn't change so you still everybody who plays it goes to the same planets it's just that your relationships between characters will change in, in everybody's version of the game because of what responses they feel is more natural to choose in a given moment so that's what they're going with and no i don't think we've had a star trek game quite like this before you've had some limited rpg elements and stuff where you get to select responses but it doesn't really affect anything star trek online would probably be the closest where you have yeah. a bit of autonomy in, in that respect. But yeah, a lot of Star Trek games are very simple. Your Armadas, your Elite Forces, your whatever, they're just, yeah, this is the shoot 'em up one, this is the strategy one. So this is a different approach. I've always wanted a Mass Effect style Star Trek game, but they don't seem to be intent on making one because that'd be, it'd be the perfect mode for Star Trek, I think, setting up a game like that. But they don't seem to be in a hurry to make it. The Star Trek gaming app, uh, landscape has been somewhat limited for a while. I think pretty much the last one we got was that dumb two th- that dumb Abrams set one that wasn't very good. There might have been a might have been one or two since then. I'm not sure, but but certainly yeah, they they've dried up a lot since Activision lost the license. Mm. They haven't really been making them, mm. which is a shame. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. It, I think it will play out like a a long episode, you know, in terms of how you play it. Um, you yeah. won't have a lot of direct control. You'll just kind of let it wash over you, which might limit its replayability unless you want to make one of the crew hate you by responding in certain ways to them specifically or something. You can set yourself those challenges. <laughs> it, I, I think it looks really good. I, it, you, you get to, it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, well, only in this factor, but it reminds me of Assassin's Creed where there was one game where you played as two characters. They were like a brother and sister and you could alternate between the two. And you've, that, that's happened quite a lot in these kind of games over the years now. And in this case, you've got a character, uh, two characters set on a, a uh, ship called the USS Resolute. One's called Jara, who's a Bajoran female. One's called Carter Diaz, who's like who's a, a, a human male. And um, it seems like it flips between the two of them. 
Jara's sort of he's 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 in the red uniform, so she's command, and then uh, Carter Diaz is in a uh, gold one, so he's more engineering kind of. So it it sounds like they might have different skill sets, and that we follow their story. Apparently, it's not just going to be set on a ship; it's going to be set on alien planets. It's going to be set in some other different places. But like you, Ashley, I like the fact it's one thing. I like the fact we can buy the game and work through it at your pace. They reckon it's about fifty chapters. They reckon over time, oh, okay. and how long that will take, I don't know. Yeah, um, but there it is, one game, and uh, and it, yeah, it will have some interesting variety to it. And I, I just like the idea of it being a little bit. I, you know, I, I remember back in the day when Activision had it, they had some great shoot 'em up kind of games. They had Elite Four, Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, which was great fun. I have that graphic novel. Did oh, really? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, Kate Mulgrew signed it for me when oh, I cool. uh, met her in 2019. So. That's great, and it was it was a good it was a good story if I remember in that, and then they did like the uh, Star Trek Armada game, which was like where you just build fleets of ships and invade. And I mean, I I was addicted to that. I played that relentlessly. Oh, so many hours oh, playing Armada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only one I've played is the um uh, the uh, space battle game, uh, where you're just fighting other ships. Um, was that invasion? Was that one invasion? <sighs> I don't remember. I'm going to holler at Mr. Nerdy and have him tell me what it is. <laughs> invasion, invasion was a PlayStation was... one. I loved that. It was, it, yeah. it was, yeah. it was for PS2. Yes. Um, maybe oh, Shattered my... Universe? Or, um, oh, it could have been. The Sulu one? I think, it, I think it was just called Fleet Battles or something like that. All right, okay. Oh, there was something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. But, yeah, they've, they've done quite a few. And... and I mean, my favourite, I think, was Bridge Commander, even though it was a bit wonky, because you, because it, it was, it was you as a captain, essentially. But there's been loads. They've done loads of interesting variety of this over the years, but they've never done one that's that's felt like you're in a movie as such, and you get to control character fates in this way. It's either been shoot 'em up, tactical, just very, you know, various kind of different ones, you know, eight space battles, that kind of thing. This this could be a bit of an all rounder, and and it could also tell a really really strong story at the same time. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited by it. Interplay used to make good Trek games as well, Starfleet and Klingon Academy. Klingon Academy is one of my favorite yeah. games ever. It was so good. It had um, the, you had FMV cutscenes <laughs> with Christopher Plummer in them and so on. In, in that one, Starfleet Academy, yeah. Shatner, oh, yeah. George Takei, and Walter Koenig. Um, in their final appearances in those roles, actually. Star Trek Encounters is what it was called. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. That was, oh, yeah. I remember that one. I had that on the PS2 I played that, as well. I think. Yeah, it was pretty rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of rubbish, though, you, uh, you, Craig, took issue, didn't you, with one factor in Resurgence when, you, when we first heard about this, which was the voice actor for Spock. Because in this, we see Ambassador Spock, you know, the old guy, not the uh, not the young fuck machine from Strange New World, but this <laughs> is the old guy. And they've they've intentionally cast a guy who sounds like Leonard Nimoy. Or does he? Right, you can come... I'll come to you in a minute, Craig. Ashley, what do you think first? I will have to watch the clip and get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Craig, okay, I think he, I think it's good. I think he's got the Leonard Nimoy kind of, you know, thing going on. You don't know, Craig, right? Am no, I right? I'm just, I just don't is... hear Nimoy in his performance. I can hear that he's trying okay. to do it, but I just don't hear it. it. It feels like he's trying to do a poor imitation of Leonard Nimoy. I think he sounds more like Sean Connery than Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, good old Shakari. Yeah. <laughs> I... We maybe, sure it's not Cybok? 
<laughs> Maybe he'll show up in Strange yeah. New Worlds. Maybe. <laughs> we're, we're hey. <laughs> Tell you, just uh, just bring back Cybok. That's what I want. Like I just, yeah. I I would be there for Cybok. More Cybok yeah. for sure. Spock's got a sister he denies and a brother he denies. He just he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't confirm any of his family. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I I, I think. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be fun to play. They haven't quite said when it's out. They've said so spring 2022, which is now. So, so I don't know if that's going to, I think it's going to be later in the year, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be good fun, but I would encourage anyone to check out IGN. Uh, they've got some good clips on there. They've got some gameplay footage. They've got um, some cutscene moments. Uh, it'll give you a good flavor of it. So yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think we all are. So we'll have to do some kind of special episode and we made this talking resurgence. I think he finishes it first. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, we'll have competition. All right. Next, then let's talk. Let's go back. Well, yeah, let's go back in time to just at, not long after Strange New Worlds, but long before Resurgence to the motion picture, which has just been released on Paramount Plus in the US, uh, which we in the UK sadly don't have yet, but we will eventually with a brand new spanking 4K. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com transfer and people are going nuts for this aren't they online have you, uh, that's what i've seen anyway have you guys had that impression well so i got pretty lucky um P- uh, paramount sent me a screener for oh. uh the 4k Amazing. release of the motion picture um so i got to watch that this week and uh, it is gorgeous yeah it, it, it's funny because i i've been working uh this week on an episode of sci-fi five about uh, douglas trumbull uh, who did the um, effects for that film. And, I mean, frankly, the fact that the film even exists, if you guys are familiar with the history, is it is kind of shock. Like, it's an absolute miracle what they were able to pull off um, in such a short period of time. But, you know, it had been a little bit since I had seen uh, the motion picture. Uh, so going back to watch it again, uh, it just kind of, you know, it hit me fresh. Um, and my goodness, those visuals are beautiful. It is excellently rend- rendered. Uh, the version on uh, Paramount Plus is um, uh, the director's edition. So this is the cut uh, that Robert Wise originally wanted, which was, you know, not what we got originally. So, you know, you f- you, you feel like they, they finally got to do the, the film justice. So you've got these really long shots of, you know, 
like like you've had before, but it's it's just oh my goodness, it's just so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys who who are much more steeped in Trek over the the long term than I I am uh, to to watch it and uh, get your feedback on it. But it it is a gorgeous piece of work. They did a really great job. I, I really hope they uh, give the other films this kind of treatment as well. Yeah, I I, I can't wait. I I I unashamedly adore this film, and the older I get, the more that that grows there is no greater film of that 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 gives you starship porn than this movie <laughs> that's like, exactly it, what it is. it is yeah and i can't wait to see the 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 enterprise porn sequence which is a terrible way to describe isn't it but i don't care <laughs> like the, the shuttle going around the enterprise <laughs> so um yeah yeah i i can't wait to see that in 4k i think that that's because that's one of my favorite scenes ever and it's set to my favorite piece of music ever ever mm. I, I really mean score. ever. Yeah. It's my favourite score of all time. Absolutely. 100%. It always will be. And so I can't wait to see these visuals. I think this film visually, even though, like, you know, I get it's not the best Star Trek movie. I, I fully admit that. You know, in, on drama- in a dramatic sense, it's not, the, it's not as good as Wrath of Khan. It's not as good as Voyage Home. It's not as good as Undiscovered Country. Sure. But. On a visual sense, with this cleanup and the way you've been describing it there, Ashley, I think there's so many fantastic visual sequences, like Spock's walk, you know, through Vija. I think I think mm-hmm. I, I can't only imagine how great that looks. Oh you know, my gosh! Like I, I, I spent most of the day on Tuesday just watching uh, Douglas Trumbull films, so I yeah, started yeah. with that one um, and then went to uh, uh, 2001, and then I watched uh, Blade Runner. And just watching the way he he works and the just and and knowing that he did this without a computer like this is amazing this is so amazing um I mean this is this is such a, a big reason I'm a fan of practical effects um is because you know if it if it looked good back then it's probably gonna look good forty plus years later so but that that it was it was absolutely beautiful the, yeah the the spacewalk was great. Uh, probably my favorite sequence um, in in that film. Just all the different insanity that's going on there. It's so much fun. Have you seen Silent Running? Actually? Yes, I have yeah. seen Silent Running. That's and a good I film. actually, I own the soundtrack on vinyl, actually. And it's green. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he directed uh, that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. That was one yeah. of his. And uh, mm-hmm. Joan Baez did the, uh, I never say her name correctly. Uh, she did the She did the soundtrack. <laughs> Um, and it's it's a pretty soundtrack for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good movie. Craig, what are your thoughts on um, on the motion picture? Are you like me? Are you a man as as the years mature, like they are with me? Are you is this film maturing for you or not? No, I hated the film when I first saw it. Still don't like it, and I haven't seen it in a number of years. <laughs> I saw the trailer for this 4K restoration, and yes, I do agree it looks stunning, but I feel like the trailer is probably enough for me for the moment. I don't want to watch it again because. I find it painful to watch. It's, yes, there's plenty of starship porn, as you put it, but we have endless shots of flying around things. I mean, there's that moment where you watch Sulu looking at the view screen, but you only see Sulu with a light shining on his face, and it's for like two minutes before they cut away to something else. Stuff like that. It's just <laughs> edit this down. There's there's fan edits of the film that are actually watchable, apparently. One's a fan edit that's like an hour and 40 minutes long or something like that that just cuts out all the chaff. So when this 4K restoration does the rounds, 
there'll be a great fan edit of it. They'll update that fan edit probably at some point. Have you guys seen the um, the cut of about 20 minutes? I think it's called Star Trek Legacy. And it was on Vimeo. And uh, somebody set the, essentially, a really condensed version of the motion picture to the music from Tron Legacy by Daft Punk. <laughs> no. Have you guys have, have no, you come I've never seen this? that. No. That Go- sounds fantastic. Guys, guys, I am linking this to you right now. I don't care. Yes, right? please. Thank you. This is the absolute <laughs> shit. I will put it. I will put it in the show notes. Right. <laughs> but I love it so much. I've watched this a ridiculous amount of times, and as much as I love the motion picture, I think I love this more. And you'll see why. It's 22 minutes. But I tell you what, Craig. I think. I think this is all you need, mate. I, I really do. I think. I think you'll be fine with this. Yeah. There's very little um, plot there. You could probably get through it in about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, right? When we're finished, you enjoy, guys. You're going to have a great time with that. So yeah, I I, th- I think it's going to be great. We, we we don't know when we're going to get this yet, I think, do we, Craig? I think, well, because Paramount Plus still hasn't had a proper launch date. And we, I don't even know if we're getting it like in the US do. I don't know if it's its own channel or if it's going to be part of Sky over here or who knows. It's a real big question mark right now. So do we know when we're going to get this over here? Have you heard anything? No, and they haven't even planned a physical release yet, have they? But it's, it's one of those, no. how many times am I going to buy these bloody Star Trek films? I own them like three times already. <laughs> and um, I think yeah. what I'll do in terms of getting this is I'll inevitably get it as part of a 4K box set of the first 10. I think that's what's ultimately yeah. what's going to happen rather than buying it again just for this. Because like I say, I'd buy it and then I just wouldn't watch it. So mm. it'll end up just being folded into stuff that I do want to watch when, when they do that. But I don't know what the 4K restorations of the other films will be like. Because sometimes they throw it all into one of them, and then they just do lazy machine-generated updates of other ones. So it could be that, yeah. you know, the Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 or whatever, are just yeah, they just kind of lazily do it. Or Star Trek 2, they can at least take the footage from the motion picture they used in the film and stick it yeah. in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, though, I am after 4K, I'm done now. I'm done with upgrades. I'm, I'm done with upgrades until they figure out the technology where when you put it on... You're you're on the set and you're watching the movie <laughs> while you're in the movie. Like until they do that, I, well, until I'm in the motion picture on the bridge when they go through the wormhole and they're talking like this. That's what I want, right? I'm not I'm not upgrading until that day comes. Um, yeah, I'm. We, I think we're both. Well, I'm certainly jealous, actually, that you got to see this. Um, not I'm fine, break, but I, yeah. I am. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, was your screener watermarked? So was, did it have a big 4K Paramount Plus <laughs> over the screen? Yeah, yeah, they always do that. But uh, you know, it, it, it I, I do also, you know, of course, have have uh, Paramount Plus. So I was able to watch it. Um, yeah. Just, just via streaming on Tuesday, and it was, it was so lovely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. I apparently. So I, I did did a quick Google. Um, and uh, I'm trying to find they they released like a, a little trailer, but I don't see if they've released when they're going to do the Blu-ray. I feel like I might have heard autumn somewhere, uh, maybe maybe in the states, but well, I don't know you, here. You might get to see it. Um, okay, so it's coming in September. Um, but uh, right, Fathom, uh, I don't, do you all have uh, Fathom events across the pond? Mm, uh, don't okay. think so. I don't know if you have like a, a special movie release thing, uh, but uh, for folks in the States, uh, Fathom Events will be bringing the film to theaters for a two day event on May 22nd and May 25th. Ooh. Um, so, if, uh, oh. 
here's hoping you guys get opportunity to see it in the theater if you want to, oh. except Craig. Yeah. I hope no. that you don't <laughs> watch it because it sounds like it will make you very sad. Um, <laughs> either that or you will take an expensive nap. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Wake me up um, when something happens. So, uh, right, right, right. Um, but uh, September is, is when it looks like uh, you'll get the uh, Blu-ray release. It'll probably do the rounds Craig, in some Craig, speciality we'll- cinemas. In Edinburgh, we have cameo in the film house they tend to bring things like that so they, i imagine that there will be screenings of it at some point when it appears over here yeah. whereas i i live in the fucking boondocks <laughs> so like i i'm not, I, I i need to travel like 100 miles to see anything like that these days but you know what for this i will well even chains like Cineworld and view and stuff like that sometimes do events like that yeah fingers crossed we'll keep an eye on that thanks actually we'll keep an eye on those dates because you never know that might actually drop over here as well does happen sometimes but yeah can't wait can't wait for that and i'm glad the reception seems to be great you know for this because it's um it's going to be really nice to see did they create new visuals for it because looking at the viger ship for example the comparison between the two it looks like a completely different effect surely it can't have been just that badly photographed in the previous definitions it might have been it might have I don't been know. do you know anything about that actually in terms of the visuals uh, I don't. I've not been given any information about that. Just said, here, go watch this. And I said, okay. So I think <laughs> pretty, I'll do that. Um, you might be right there, so Craig. No, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Because yeah. if you look at the two of them, and, it's and, like, yeah, there's more lights on this than there definitely is on the other version. You know? Yeah, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it was just late 70s. They were in a rush. They just threw it out yeah. there. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Trumbull's team worked uh, six months, 24-7 uh, to get the effects finished for this film. So the fact that it looks as good as it does, even without the 4k (laughs) restoration is, uh, is, uh, absolutely mind blowing to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Bring it on. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Let's finish up then and go back to the, um, the, well, actually it's the 25th century now, isn't it? Picard. So it's not, isn't it? Aren't we in like 2401 or something like that? Or the 2020s, Um, whichever you want to look at. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2024. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the the announcement, I think, which basically broke the Star Trek internet this week, which was that Star, Star Trek Picard Season 3, which is filming now, is basically going to be the next generation Season 8, <laughs> in, in many ways, um, because it's bringing them all back, uh, it's bringing back everybody, in, in, you know, including Brent Spiner, even though he's, by the sound of it, he's going to play another evil song, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, Maybe he'll be but, Laura. Yeah, the rest... <laughs> Oh, oh please, please, please! I would, I would, I yes, please, please let me be law. That would be brilliant. But uh, yeah, they're all back, aren't they? So not we've had obviously Will Riker, we've had Deanna Troy, um, but now we're getting Beverly Crusher, we're getting Georgia the Forge, we're getting Worf, which is the one I can't wait for. Um, yes. Yeah, and um, apparently we're not getting Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Whatever. Boo. Could we? We obviously Will Wheaton apparently has come out and said. Oh no! I'm just going to sit, do the ready room, or whatever he does, and you know, I'm going to sit behind the camera. Whatever, whatever. If he's not in this, I will, I will be stunned. After Andrew like, Garfield, do we believe a word that anyone ever says ever again? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They all lie. They just lie. So, because uh, like Lavar Burton again, like it, it, there, was, there was there were photos going around, weren't there? Lavar Burton on set for one of the seasons and everyone was like oh is Geordie going to appear and he's like no 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 it's like of course he is we, we all knew this was coming didn't we? <laughs> did, did we did we all yeah. knew this was coming eventually surely we did I didn't um that was that was a surprise to me um but uh I, I don't know do either of you follow uh Chaucer Duth tweet on uh Twitter 
No. Okay, well, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, but uh, uh, the the folks behind Chaucer Death tweet uh, tweeted uh, uh, Star Trek Picard season three: The Search for Doctor Pulaski. Um, <laughs> I did see that. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. That made me laugh a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? I I I don't see why we have to pick one. I liked Pulaski. Um, I like Doctor Crusher. Team, why not both? That's always me. Team well, is Diana Mulder no, still, still alive? Is she? Yeah, no, she is. Uh, she yeah. is. Wow. Yeah. She's about eighty. She's about eighty-three, eighty-four. She's still. She can I still do it. I mean, she's she's about the same age as Picard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I had no concept yeah. of her age. I, I, I just assumed she was old because she was in the original series and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I'd forgotten. She's that. in two episodes as two yeah. different characters. Oh, yeah. Wild. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember the characters, but yeah, yeah it's it's. Um, One of them's the handler be, I mean, for yeah. the same species that Zero is. In Prodigy, I see. She, yeah, she's uh, she's doctors in both of those episodes yeah. too. That's if cool. if it was a real reunion though, we'd have Denise Crosby as Sela <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Sela's still out there. <laughs> well, well, well. I hope. I, I, to be honest, I'd be like, I'd be fine with that. I just think if you're gonna do it, just do it. You just get them all in there. You know, throw. You're gonna get the main cast back. I know, Craig. You've got some reservations, but I were and and I'm and I'm normally. The first one, particularly with Discovery, to moan a little bit about nostalgia. But I won't lie, this one, I genuinely am okay with this. I actually think that I don't know if I if I if I'm with the train of thought that Picard should have started like this. I don't really. As much as I don't know if that first season was great completely, I absolutely admire the intention there to actually do what they did and try and focus it on Picard and a new setting and everything. So I I don't think they did the wrong thing by not having all of them in it. But I do think it's a nice way to round this all off to do. I think I described it on the Discord channel we're on as kind of TNG's undiscovered country moment, maybe. And and I and I'm kind of okay with that. I think it could be really nice. It won't be as good and it won't be Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It won't be as magical, I think, in some ways as people think it might. And I think some of these, some of the characters are going to seem a bit hoary and old and, oh, really? <laughs> but I am still, I'm still looking forward to it, personally. I want to see the TNG cast interact with the current Picard cast. I think that's yeah. going to be super fun. That'll be good. Yeah, that that's gonna <clears throat> that's gonna be uh, really interesting to see. How all these guys uh, play together, I think that's going to be really neat to see. Do you think like Rios might clash with Worf? I w- I can totally see him being like a Riker fanboy <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't blame him. Riker's great. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I that that's kind of my my imagining there. I, I want to see Seven and Worf like yes. Heads. <gasps> I think that's going to be super fun. It is totally. Craig, what do you think of this then? You, you've you've had a few more reservations, I think, haven't you, about this? Yeah, so I'm going to bring balance to this. Let's put it that way by saying that I have <laughs> some concerns. And it's not just on what's happening in Star Trek at the moment. It's what ha- what's happening in franchising at the moment in terms of the weaponizing nostalgia by bringing back this person, this person, this person. Yes, Spider-Man No Way Home, it worked for me because I think they did it really well. And am I excited to see the TNG cast back again? Of course I am. I love those guys. But also... I feel like it's going to be a bit forced. It seems like it's a bit forced. And cynically, it's halfway through Picard season two, they're announcing what they're going to do in season three. I know it was a first contact day announcement, but it seems to suggest that, hey, don't worry about any of this stuff that's happening in season two. Season three, that's where you really <laughs> want to turn up. That's where you really want to yeah. watch it because that's what you've been wanting all along. I do agree with you that, yeah, the I don't think Picard should have been this from the beginning because I do applaud them for trying something different. Fair dues, that thing they tried that was different wasn't very good, but they gave it a go. And then certainly the first episode of season two was heavy course correcting from season one. It was, fine, here's the show you want. Here's Admiral Picard on a starship helping out with a problem. There, we're doing it. Okay, here you go. So... This one, it's, yeah, TNG season eight, but not the funny Twitter feed where it's Jordy and Data getting up to antics and whatever, you know. It's, but it's this, I guess it's always this idea of, I think Ghostbusters suffers from this as well and, and some other franchises where it's this thing that was pretty good some time ago and they're adding this extra weight of history to it where it doesn't necessarily have that. It, you know, I would, I would almost be up for, it just being like, yeah, I don't care about you people. You're people I worked with like 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't do you remember most of you. Riker was a dick. I don't like him. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Jordy's like, I hated Riker. He was just a dick to me all the time. He always gave me extra work and you know, whatever. You, you, it would be quite interesting to have that sort of, instead of familial relationship, that working relationship. But of course it'll be, it'll be more saccharine than a Fast and Furious movie, was how I put it in the Discord. Mm. That's what I think it's going to be. And that's, that's what worries me, that- so... Yeah, are they all are they all gonna like end the the season with a barbecue in in, in Chateau Picard? Probably drinking Corona, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, and talking about how they're a big I, family. On Rikers, <laughs> uh, on Rikers uh, yeah. decking or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I was about to say. It's like no, no, no. Riker's gonna be making pizza <laughs> yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And pizza his, and jazz, his, and um, you're gonna have a homegrown yeah. uh, tomatoes and basil. you're gonna have a slow motion walk <laughs> of them going into a situation with the TNG theme playing over it. They'll they'll probably dig out a galaxy class ship that they can take into action with them. They're going to do all that. You just know it. You you know there's going to be that moment. I mean, I personally think, because in, um, in the Last Best Hope, Una McCormack's novel, uh, which is semi-canonical, I guess, Worf is captain of the Enterprise E, or maybe the Enterprise F, I can't quite remember. Until they ignore I it totally for the purposes think, of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. And, and you know what? I don't mind either way, because while I think Worf as captain of the Enterprise is, is, would be really fun, I also could be happily buying him as like Klingon ambassador to whatever or, you know, a warrior of some kind. But if they did do Worf as the captain or someone as the captain of the Enterprise, you know you're going to get that moment where they, they pull, you know, they step out of their chair and they go, Admiral, one last time. And Picard <laughs> will sit there and he'll go, engage. You know, you know it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and I think everyone is going to flip their lids at that moment on one level, though, aren't they? I mean, I think if, you, if you're a Star Trek fan of the 90s, I think it's going to be hard. And even you, Craig, you know, with your 
your your swinging brick in place of <laughs> that nostalgic heart. I think even you are going to melt at that point, personally. I do. Craig's going to shed one load. <laughs> and, and then tell everyone all my problems with it after that. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it was fine, but uh, here's here's the issues. Yeah, I wonder if they'll co- yeah, finally exactly. confirm that Wesley Crusher is actually Picard's son. All this chat about legacy, because they've always been suggesting that, haven't they? That's always been the thing. Yeah, it's him and Crusher got it on, and Wesley is not Jack Crusher's son. Mm, you know, Jack Crusher's son. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I mean, they did that. They've done. They did a sort of trailer, didn't they? It was. It was kind of like a clip where they all say a line, don't they? All the actors yeah. say a line, which I suppose means something to their characters, or, or, or reflects their characters in some way. And that I think that was quite fun. And then it ends with. Riker and Picard like holding holding guns, pointing their guns at something, going something like "You ready?" that kind of thing. So they're in the middle of a situation, and there's a suggestion that Riker's saying that we're, they're going on a road trip. So presumably, yeah, like you said, Craig, they maybe get a ship or they get on the La Serena or something, and they're, you know, they're off on some sort of journey. But well, I suppose, well, what did you think of that little trailer? Did you guys did that work for you guys? And that was a nice way of of doing it. It was okay. It was definitely like. Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting um, way to tell us what was happening without actually showing any images of the cast. Well, they they showed us Picard writing something in his journal on the chateau, and they showed right. us Riker. Yeah, but other than that, and Picard's wearing glasses for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those positron positronic eyes just aren't what they used to. He must be. <laughs> he must be allergic to Retinax Five, just like Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the bit. One of the big questions people have been saying is: is if Kim Beverly's coming back, are they, are they going to finally get together? And, and I'm like, but what about Laris? Like, we're halfway through season two of Picard, and they're very much teeing up Laris as this great love of his life in, in his old age. Like, uh, are we gonna have? Are we gonna have a love triangle oh, <laughs> situation here? <laughs> you know. No, thank you. I know. Or is Laris going to tragically die or something at the end of season two? You know, um, I'm gonna be pissed if that happens. Well, me kind of me too, because I actually think, well, you know, she's a really good character, and I'm kind of rooting for them now in season two of Picard. I saw so. I, I saw. Yeah. I saw something interesting about the, you know, the fact that you've got these, um, well, these female character, female actors who are getting on in years, come back to reprise their roles, and it's, it's like, this is a great example of how there's. Um, you know, there's there's more roles than ever for women over sixty. The problem is, it's the same roles that those mm. women played when they were twenties and thirties. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's true, in it really. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There's there's lots of questions. I mean, there's lots of questions we have no idea, but about the kind of you know threat they're going to face, what they're going to be out there doing. It sounds like, as we say, there's going to be another sung because Brent Spiner's playing a character it just says sung in like the descriptive stuff for that character so is it the sung from season one of picard although he seemed to end up end up well was he he was was he a good guy at the end was he kind of a redeemed guy by the end i can't quite remember what happened in uh in that episode i mean he 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 certainly wasn't like malevolent no um so yeah well maybe we'll revisit alton inigo soon. that's it yeah Maybe AI. he'll be the villain, maybe, or it seems like they're doing that. Perhaps I don't know. Or, or just a data stand-in. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, will Will John Delancey be in season three as Q? Because it feels like if you bring him that whole, I mean, you, you know, I'd love to see like Riker and Q having a bit of a dialogue again because that was always fun when they did. You know, are they going to have John Delancey still in it in season three? Maybe. You know, uh, who knows? I mean. 
it could it could still go anywhere, couldn't it? Really, because we don't obviously know how this season's going to rock up. But uh, we're assuming that you know the future will be set right. Uh, but uh, who knows what the plot could be in season three? Because they've done the Borg, they've done Q, like they've done time travel. What else from TNG could they really get into here? Maybe as a final wrap up kind of story. Yeah, there's kind of nothing really. I guess it, it has to be something that gets the the gang back together, though, doesn't it? Because in season one, there was that bit where Jaban said. It's time, to, it's time to round up the crew, Worf, Jordy, etc. And he's like, no, I'm not involving mm. them. I'm not putting them in danger. I'll put some other people in danger instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it has to be something seismic, but there isn't really anything, because that was the nature of TNG. They didn't have nemeses as such until they made the film Nemesis. But the, you know, <laughs> they, they had situations that they got involved in, and the only real through-line villain as such was Q and the Borg. So they've done those. They're just gonna do them again. They wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. What, what about the uh, uh, Armis? What about the you know the oh, giant? God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tasha. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, Armis is uh, rising. Well, up. you've got it's Mariner just winding up. him up just for something to do. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right, right. Right. I loved that. That was so good. They're all gonna crank call Armist. <laughs> That's what they do. They, yeah, they meet up. One big... Meet up once a year. Have pizza with Riker and they crank call Armist. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're gonna go like all good things, and it'd be one good old classic spatial temporal anomaly. Maybe you know, maybe it'd be like that. They're gonna have to go and. Although they've they've sort of done that now, haven't they? On, on Discovery, that was one big. Anomaly, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can't keep doing anomalies, can they? can they? Although that's a proper TNG thing, a good old anom- anomaly or something like a spatial rift or a fissure, you know. Yeah, um, Laura would be a good one because they never explain what happened to him. I, they should totally do it. Do they maybe think he's just a bit too cheesy now? Like Laura, like the evil doppelganger dresses in black, you know, practically has a twirling mustache. Because <laughs> Laura was a bit like that, wasn't he? He was. So, but I don't know. He, Again, it would, I wouldn't put it past them. I still think it'd be great. What do you think, Ashley? Would you have Law back? Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. They're going to have to do the de-aging thing unless they want to explain why uh, uh, an android can suddenly age. So They can do it if they choose to, uh-huh. just like Gainan. There you go, I've solved it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Here's another one. Maybe it's sentient Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could okay. be. I would be down for that. Yeah, be too much. <laughs> Actually, sentient Moriarty tries to take over the universe. Do you think Michael um, Dorn's going to use this as a springboard to campaign for a Captain Wharf show again? Just right. I, I, I came Wharf. back. Can I do it? Can I do a spell off? I tell you that that is the show that everybody wants. <laughs> so you know they yes. just need to do it. The um, thing you know, in the Armada no, it's, it's when he's good. on that Defiant class ship, the Avenger. That's what I thought a Captain Wharf show would be. Him just yeah. cutting about on a warship, just putting out fires yeah. just solving problems yeah basically the, the the that moment in first contact that we were talking about the other day just for an entire episode where he just rocks in yeah. perhaps today is a good day to die you know and he just blows some stuff his up. crew just like incredulous the whole time they're just like why, why are we on this show why are this show <laughs> i just want to study comets I didn't want to get into this. It feels like this is a Lower Decks episode, to be fair. We ought to give yeah. this to Mike McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But no, it's, 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 it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. It'll be obviously more that will trickle out once season two is over of Picard. So, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And obviously then we've got um, season three of Lower Decks coming this summer. We'll then have the 
part two of season one of the weird way they're doing Prodigy later in the year as well. Why don't they? Why they're not just calling that season two? God knows, but you know they seem to be. And then Discovery season five. So you know, we don't know. We know very little about any of those yet, really, don't we? So that that's all to come. But yeah, it's good. I mean, much as much as I have my doubts about some of it i won't it is so lovely to have star trek around so much now like and it'd be part of the conversation you know that's that's so great i I cannot fault that one bit i'm looking forward to the the next the first show that they make that doesn't rely on any prior connections to anything because they've all had me too some level of some more overt than others lower decks for example is sort of tangentially connected and you have cameos and so forth Prodigy obviously has Hollow Janeway in it, and Picard is well. It's a sequel. Discovery has heavy connections to the original series, so uh, Strange New Worlds obviously has heavy connections to both Discovery and the original series. So the next show they make from the ground up, like Starfleet Academy or something like that, should be yeah okay. Yeah. We're properly just giving you something new now. It's I hope they've got the nostalgia out of their system, but I feel like they haven't. I think Kirk coming along probably is going to lead to them doing more with Kirk. Because otherwise you wouldn't cast them, really, and you wouldn't cast someone like Paul Wesley, who has such a devoted following, if you weren't planning something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Although I, I still think Starfleet Academy is going to be 32nd century, and it's going to be a in it, man. I really do. Yeah, that that was my maybe, thought as yeah. well. It's yeah. probably going to have that uh, discovery connection. So yeah. uh, I'm all about more Tilly, so yay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Who knows? That's all to come. But yeah, this has been great, guys, to pick through this for another little... We made Trek to Roundtable. I'm sure we'll do another one later in the year when we get uh, some more info on some of these new projects. Uh, so um, until then, keep an eye on all the different uh, podcasts, whatever one you're listening to, listen to the others. So we've got Make It So, we've got We Are Starfleet, and we've got uh, Rarely Going, all of which are going to be bringing you content over the next year at various different points. So keep an eye on it. But um, until then, guys, where is the best people? Where is the best place? For people to find you for more Trek and beyond, and um, yeah, where where can people find you for that? Craig, why don't you go first? Sure. So mainly, I can be found on Neil Before Blog, NeilBeforeBlog.co.uk is the web address, or just Neil Before Blog on Twitter and Facebook. It'll all be there. I review things like Picard and Arrowverse shows. So I'm reviewing Superman and Lois and The Flash. Yeah, so I review those. There's an attached podcast called Neil Before Pod and. The most recent episode we released as I'm talking was a news... No, it was our first contact day special where we talked about Nemesis. Uh, But there was a news roundup as well and there's other stuff coming. So I'm there on We Made This, as mentioned, rarely going and upcoming on We Are Starfleet, pop up on Podcast 616 quite often. I usually fill in on Real Talk when Dan needs someone that's seen a film, uh, which is often me because I tend to go opening weekend, so I'm there quite a lot. (laughs) Personally, on Twitter, you can find me under Nemesis4909, which isn't completely a Star Trek reference. It was originally a Resident Evil reference, then eventually became a Star Trek reference. So there we go. I've done my contractual obligation once again. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Ashley, how about you? Okay, so you can hit me up on the tweets at The Nerdy Blogger. You can like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Nerdy Blogger. You can read my words on nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. That is my blog. You can also read my words on fangirlish.com, uh, where I am the uh, Trekspert in residence. So I cover all the Star Trek shows and news and all of that. Also write about film. 
Um, you can hear my words being read on the Sci-Fi 5 podcast, which is a Roddenberry show. It's five minutes of science fiction history, five days a week. Um, and uh, finally, you can hear me on a litany of shows here on the We Made This podcast network, where I uh, guest and talk about you know, a lot of Star Trek, but uh, other things too, like uh, Real Talk, talk a lot about movies and uh, all that good stuff. Um, and then you can also hear uh, my own show that I do with some friends. Uh, it's called Dearly Debated, uh, where we fuss at each other about uh, film, television, um, video games, comics, whatever we're geeking out about. Fantastic. Do not miss the work of these guys, folks, because Craig and Ashley are brilliant writers, writing some amazing stuff on tons and tons of content. So do not miss it. All right. It's, it's awesome. You can find me at AJ Black Writer on Twitter. That's where I mainly hang out. You can find my website, culturalconversation.co.uk, with lots of uh, different content on there. And check me out overall on all kinds of things on the We Made This podcast network at W Made This. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm spreading myself all over the place over there. Ugh, that doesn't sound nice, <laughs> but it's, it's true. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys, uh, and whatever show you are tuning into. Remember, as I say, we're part of We Made This, the podcast network. Please subscribe to uh, the show you're currently listening to on Apple Podcasts because it will really help the network overall. And uh, please consider supporting us if you do like what we're talking about on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash we made this. Star Trek and all its future forms is not all we're talking about, though. So we'll give you a taste of what else you might have missed on the network in just a moment. But uh, until next time, live long and prosper. Elsewhere on We Made This. A dream given form. A Babylon 5 podcast. The isolationism is talked about a lot in the episode, but this entire, but Londo's isolation is so heartbreaking to watch. Their final scene of dialogue together between Londo and Jakar is it's so, so, so powerful. When Jakar says, I can't forgive this entire, but I can forgive you. And that music, as Londo touches Jakar's yeah. arm and leaves, gives me goosebumps. It's, it's so beautifully done. I, I, I'm not going to lie that I, I kind of welled up when... Um, Mm. When Jakar forgave him, it really does. Yeah, it really does get me. But yeah, it's it's, it's a very sad story, and and but that but that, that's what makes Londo's journey such a captivating journey to watch throughout the five mm. seasons. Free with this month's issue. This is Skin Lab and Dissolve. Yep, that f***ing riff, man. What a track. So good. I love that lyric as well. I'm disappointed that he didn't write it himself. Did he not? No. Which one? It's not what they call, it's what you answer to, is a WC uh, Fields quote. I've just looked it up. Yeah. Oh, I quite like that, even more now. For a second there, I thought you were going to say it was a WCW quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Sting coming out. <laughs> yeah. Bit of that Eric Bischoff um, in, in the middle of the ring. Um, yeah, let's re-record it, and Ian, if you could just say that, that'd yeah, be fantastic. Sure. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I love this. It's uh, it's definitely machine head influence, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're from uh, yeah. they're from San Francisco, so which isn't a million, a million miles away from the Bay Area, of course. But, uh, yeah, I, there's a bit of uh, far beyond driven era Pantera in there as well, particularly with the the deep low voice in the verse. Oh yeah. Geek polymath. So what is it about RuPaul's Drag Race that particularly appeals to you over everything else that you could possibly <laughs> like in geek culture? It's it's impossible to narrow it down to one thing because it's literally everything about it is everything that I like. 
so you've got legitimate competition because nine times out of ten the loser is the one who does the worst so one of the problems with reality reality tv is that they keep the controversial people in and they send home the boring people that's something that happens mm. around it and it, it becomes quite disappointing check out all of these shows and more on the we made this podcast network Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.